this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. That's right. We're back. We're back. Yay. I missed us. I... <laughs> Ending Pending is a podcast that discusses television shows that have only lasted for a single season. I'm your host, Andy. I'm your purveyor of medieval bondage gear, Evan. I'm your baby druid king, and I'm Ronnie. If you can't tell from that, we are discussing the amazing delight that is Roar from the 90s, starring a very young Keith Ledger. But before we discuss Roar, we have a patented Andy's bit. TM, TM, copyright, do not steal. Ronnie, what are you doing with your phone? Oh, nothing. I just, I just, what's, what's, what's the name of the show? Ending Pending? Oh, roar. Well, you could have done a Mumford and Sons, but you did a you did a Katy Perry instead. Yeah. Okay. I um, guess I so- could have done Mumford and Sons, but I you look at look at this person in front of you. You always knew it was gonna be Katy Perry. Yeah, yeah, that would have been off brand for you, mm-hmm. Ronnie. I accept this. I, I fit my stereotype, if nothing else. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk about what you guys have been up to during the break. Have y'all done anything you're proud of or like an accomplishment you want to you want to boast about or plug a thing? Um, I just had some really good Nashville hot chicken in, yeah. the, in the city. It was good. It wasn't as hot as I would have liked it to be. And I also had uh, fried pickle chips because I always feel like fried pickle chips are going to do what pickles do, which is kind of like the acidity breaks down what's in your tummy. But it's it, the, the fr- being fried. It doesn't do that. So I just had fried pickle chips on top of fried chicken. And so my achievement is that my tummy is very mad at me right now. That's what I've done the past couple of weeks. I'm a very wow. what have you done for me lately kind of person. Yeah. What an, what an adventure. It, yeah. It was good. It was at a Mexican food restaurant, which like, why would I get natural hot chicken at a Mexican food restaurant? Because it was on the specials and I always order the specials. Pro tip, always order the specials. That's a that's that's a good pro tip actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can follow that. I can. I can think of a, of a real one soon. Maybe I don't know. Okay, my tummy well, is so mad. <laughs> uh, I lost my job like three weeks, almost a month ago. Oh. Got laid off, and I've been applying for new jobs ever since. And I've got fucking three job interviews tomorrow. Fuck yeah. Three of them. I'm going to nail it. I'm so tired. You're, I'm so tired. You're like that uh, that 90s boy that has brought two girls to the dance without like telling either mm-hmm. of them. And you're going to be like going back and forth between Look, like if, costumes. If yeah. every job I'm currently a, interviewing with is a girl I've brought to the dance, I think I'm at six actively right now yeah. in the middle of six That's six different mm-hmm. costumes you got to yeah. change between yeah. on your way to and from the punch bowl it is yeah. a real mrs doubtfire situation here it is yeah i gotta change outfits between every single mm-hmm. little job interview yep don't for forget to reason. take off your fake fat chin yeah yeah but yeah you've been doing so good babe i'm proud of you thanks i've been working real hard my little brain is very tired you're killing it yeah uh, going to job interviews is like going to an exam, except it's a a verbal exam. So somebody's looking you dead in the eye the whole time. And also, you never took the class that the exam is for. All you mm-hmm. have is the syllabus, and it's only one page. Can I right. give you the tip that got me through every college exam? Yeah. A sly wink and a puckish grin. Every time you go to hand in your exam, just a sly wink and then a puckish grin. You'll ace every time. You will kill those job interviews right out the gate. I, f- I feel okay. like that's somebody who just like did really good on tests because they were a good student or just knew the stuff a lot, and is just using a sly wink and a puckish grin to, you know, pass off why it's it's not that they tried that hard. My, They're just so my exams were all essays, so it was just like I'm right. The Bible says this. There's that. Yeah, that's not what regular people's exams are like, babe. No. Oh. 
Most okay. job interviews, though, oddly enough. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of theology in the job interviews. <laughs> the Bible says this, I'm right. Give me a job. Give me that money. Here's a sly wink and a puckish grin. <laughs> well, good job, Evan. Thanks, Yeah, we're Ronnie. proud of you. We're rooting for you. Yeah. Break a leg tomorrow. Thanks. Thanks for that theater uh, encouragement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Andy? What have you been doing? Um, well, what I've been doing is pretty much uh, stuff with you. Evan and I joined a secret society, and we're pretty stoked about <gasps> it. What? And then um, we we also, uh, our LARP had their first event, and it was fucking awesome. Hooray. It was a really good time. It was awesome. It went really well. Yeah, we had uh, something like 40 people there. And uh, that's a huge turnout for our first event. And all the feedback we've gotten has been really good. Um, we got, I, I think, seven or eight feedback forms. And no one has given us lower than four stars out of five. Not out of ten. <laughs> four out of five. So uh, we're, we're pretty stoked. We're averaging like five and a half stars. Pictures from that from look our dope. Thank Y'all you. look like yeah. you had a blast. We sure yeah. did. Uh, by the way, let's take this opportunity. Speaking of four out of five stars, y'all haven't been leaving us reviews, and I personally am wounded in my heart about that. Um, I mean, you don't, they haven't you been don't... leaving us reviews over the past, like, three weeks. Admittedly, there has not been an ending pending episode over the past They had weeks. plenty of time to compose their reviews. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are some weak bitches. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's move on. The yep. grace that I give this audience. Low, you, y'all just have none of it. You have low, no low dick energy heart. coming from our audience on mm-hmm. these reviews. Yeah, some very small dick energy. <laughs> oh, I want that big dick energy in these reviews. Let me tell you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we're young people and we understand memes. Okay? Oh, there you go. Bottle flip. If you were like wondering what you should make your review and you wanted it to be clever, we just gave it to you. You don't have to be clever. We did one out of five stars. This podcast has small dick energy. No, no, that was the opposite. Con William Shatner. That's a man who had big dick energy back in the day. (laughs) I mean, that's true. Yeah, Captain Kirk, big dick energy. Remember the 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 energy comes not from the dick in your pants, but from the dick in your heart. Yeah, this is true. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the show. Let's talk about Roar. Let's Fuck talk yeah. about the show with Heath Ledger. So, also, Big Dick Energy. Heath Ledger? Yeah. I don't know if he necessarily fits the the definition of Big he Dick Energy. He literally, at the start of every episode, stands on a cliff and roars. I, first of all, I, I think it's a bit of a stretch to characterize that as a, a roar. It's more of like a wordless Yop. shout. Yeah. He's yeah. like... Also, I don't know if that cliff is even really there. It might be in his mind's eye because of druid magic. So, like, I can't picture a more, like, BDE moment than standing on a spiritual cliff in your mind's eye and screaming at the gods. Right. I want to take a step back for a minute. Um, Did you abbreviate Big Dick Energy as BDE? Yes, what else (laughs) would I abbreviate it as? (laughs) That just sounds like something that you monitor in like ghost hunting. Yeah, the BDE <laughs> levels are, are off the charts. Nah, this this ghost has no BDE. <laughs> it's the difference between Casper and the Goat Man. <laughs> Casper's got uh, SDE. Goat Man's got BDE. Okay, so this. So, uh, yeah, so this... Let's, let's talk about this show. Because we've, this... we've we've said a lot of things that might have people saying, "What is this show about?" Uh, hey friends, what's this show about? What's Roar? This show is about um Heath Ledger, who's a, a young man and a member of a Celtic tribe. I don't know exactly what year this is set in, but um, it's during the the Roman occupation of Great Britain and the western part of europe yeah yes fuck if i know back when they went back when uh the romans invaded the western part of europe heath ledger's character whose name is connor is a member of a celtic tribe and stuff's like going pretty well for him in spite of the roman invasion like his family's having a party it's a wedding and he's uh secretly banging this hot girl from some other tribe i guess and then uh, the Romans murder his whole family, 
at their fun wedding party and then oh the the girl he's dating is the the local uh roman representative's daughter isn't she yeah or like yeah, ward yeah. or something like that yeah uh she's affiliated with the romans in some capacity mm-hmm. he's banging her she's not from a different tribe she's roman he, they try to kill heath ledger's character and his girlfriend like dives in front of him and then he escapes and then he uh kills that that guy who was her dad or her stepdad or whatever in a in a fit of revenge anger uh then he joins a sort of tribe of misfits uh and they're like oh you're the son of a chief so you're going to be in charge of us now and that's your destiny and you're in charge of this group of misfits hiding in this cave now congratulations there's like a wizard there. Yeah, there's a shit. wizard there. There's um uh some girl that he saved from some rapey Roman guys in like the first scene. And there's a black guy, which is cool because yeah. they had every excuse not to include any black people in this show. But they, they gave a one sentence like convoluted answer as to why he was there, which I think is less cool than just having him there. But like either way, like fuck yeah. More more black people in fantasy stories, please. Yeah, especially high fantasy. Come on, guys. You, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so that was episode one, which was the pilot. It was very long. It was longer than the average episode, so at least it felt longer than the average episode. So much So much happened. happened. All yeah. this stuff happened. Mm-hmm. But that was the important stuff. So anyway, uh, episode two, which is called Projector for some reason, um... This uh, this fellow, presumably from Northern Africa or the Middle East, another black person in this show. Awesome. They do kill him, which is not awesome. You should have let that guy live. You only had two black people and you killed one of them. But anyway, there's uh, uh, this guy who has uh, invented gunpowder, basically. And there's this this conflict amongst the tribes like, oh... We're going to use this to destroy ourselves. It's too great of a weapon. Everything is going to be terrible. And then some of them are like, ah, but we can use this to defeat the Romans. So it's like the fight about the ring and Boromir like, no, we can use it as a weapon. No, it'll destroy all of us. Ah. The, then the Romans get a hold of it somehow. I forget exactly how. And uh, the traitor, like I mentioned, the, the guy from either the Middle East or Northern Africa gets like blown up by his own invention in some you know deeply ironic happening that's supposed to teach us something uh then in episode three uh this little boy is uh destined to be the king of the druids he's like seven years old and uh what's her name was it diana yeah queen diana i have i have this in front of me but i remembered um Diana, who is, uh, like, an agent of Rome, uh, sort of kidnaps him, but she's like, yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, escort him where he's going and protect him from danger and stuff. And she's, like, trying to groom him to be pro-Roman, basically. Connor and the other Celts are like, this is not okay. Like, she's not harming him or anything, but she's definitely gonna turn him pro-Rome and, like use our druid leader against us and so that's one conflict and then the other conflict is these uh these dudes in bondage gear are trying to kill this kid for some reason their motives are unclear to me but these spooky dudes in bondage gear keep like killing druids and chasing after this kid and then there's this uh uh the sneaky like heist thing at the end where they're dressed up as druid priests and then connor dresses up as a druid priest to like intercept and save the the kid and they uh you know everything's fine they they win and the the kid turns into the you know he gets to be the druid king i just want to stress that when evan says like these barbarians in bondage gear they're not wearing like old-timey leathers or something they're just wearing modern bondage gear yeah um i think that they must have run out of costumes and just literally gone to a fetish shop or something like or or they bought like a lot 
like in TV shows, in a lot of cases, they'll just buy a warehouse full of costumes. For, maybe they just had this in there. Yeah, and it was just in there, and they were like, I don't know, that looks kind of old-timey. And they did not realize that it was like fetish gear. But this is like straps and harnesses harnesses and, and shit that they're wearing with like spikes, like, you know, the Hot Topic goth fetish-y, spikes yeah. on the stuff. Yeah, it's quite a look. It, it, it's led me to a theory that this is actually taking place in the future. Because <laughs> there's there's definitely some zippers on some of their pants and some some some, uh, some seams that maybe did not exist. So yeah, you, ha- uh, you have to imagine that like if we get to a dystopian future and everything's terrible, that Rome's going to try and do it all again. Rome's going to be like, oh, now's our chance. We can. Well, we maybe can... just someone found like a textbook. Yeah, it was like, oh, Rome. Rome was in charge. Right. Yeah, we're new, we're new Rome, and we're gonna. They clearly had all their shit figured out. Let's just do the exact same thing. Right. Let's just not and fall just, this time. Yeah. I'm, well, no, that part was ripped out of the book because it's. I had the same you know? haircut that the Druid King boy had in 1997 as well. <laughs> sure, so, sure. just saying. I was exactly the age of that Druid King boy when this show aired. Yeah, but what, what do we do now, Ronnie? You're you're in charge, right? What do we do now? Uh, we decide whether or not these three episodes of what network was this on? I've been seeing like sci-fi in the corner of my version, but um, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's a question that Wikipedia could probably answer. Probably, for us. I really but don't instead know. of of it's not anyone's. It's Heath Ledger's roar. Uh, yeah. Uh, Andy. Yes. Uh, Heath Ledger's Roar. These first three episodes, uh, did they work for you? Um, yes, and uh, but with uh, a little asterisk. The pilot is really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much happens in the mm-hmm. pilot. Like mm-hmm. I feel like Evan, even in his synopsis, only covered like. Half of the shit that was a lot. I had to pick the key things that yeah. happened. So much happened in that pilot that it's it's just the pacing is is real bad and it's it's very confusing. But episodes two and three, I'm fucking all about like unironically on board for Roar. Evan, yes, Ronnie. Uh, these three episodes of good, great Heath Ledger's Roar. Uh, did they work for you? Uh, I agree with Andy 100%. I would have preferred them without the pilot, in fact. But, um, yeah, they are just kind of a good romp and a lot of fun to watch. So, uh, in spite of some sort of silliness, uh, yeah, they're working for me. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Uh, is, is this show in the tiny microcosm of it we have seen so far is it working for you um i think it is but just um this is yeah i get that yeah this is hearkening back to an age where like shows didn't have to have overarching plots that made sense they could (laughs) just introduce like crazy concepts and people would be like oh (laughs) let's see where this goes um, and that's like pulling me a little bit. I didn't hate the pilot as much as y'all, but I think I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, for the most part, there's there's some interesting things going on here. I don't really know what's going on a lot of the time, but that is that is a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, yeah let's let's let's, floors let's get open. into. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's let's um, uh, talk about things that we liked about uh, about Heath Ledger's Roar. We're talking good things. We're talking yeah. good things. Unless you want to talk about negative things, in which no, case we will do that. Things. Let's talk about good things. Um, I love the like. I unironically love the cheese factor. Like, if you enjoyed Hercules or Xena or Buffy, you're gonna like Roar. It's the same vein of '90s fantasy cheese. Except with better fighting, like much better fighting than yeah, you see. The in- choreography is quite good. Um, I think the the reason this is leading into a positive, I'm going to be negative for just a second, but the reason, part of the reason, there's two main reasons, but one of the reasons I disliked 
the pilot so much is because it seemed like it was really trying to take itself seriously. Yeah. But there was no way that was ever going to happen. It was desperately trying it to was, be Braveheart. It was trying mm-hmm. so hard to be Braveheart. I feel like this so far is kind of Braveheart the TV show. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it strays from that a little bit, but like more fucking still... wizards than in Braveheart because there's no wizards in Braveheart, That's and true. there's so many wizards yeah. in Roar. <laughs> yeah, in the, I feel like they showed the pilot to some execs, and they were like, "All right, guys, I get it, but we need more Xena up in here. We need less Braveheart, more Xena. We'll mm-hmm. sign you, but on the contingency that they're less Braveheart, more Xena." And so right. they just kind of took the same characters and made it, they just pushed it in a more Xena direction. Right. Which I think worked. I think that was the right decision because yeah. I was getting really irritated throughout the pilot. And then episode two happened and I was like, all right, here, okay, we got this. We hit our stride now. We figured it out. Right. I uh, I do love their party balance too. Uh, as far as I can tell, they have a... Uh, a barbarian, a paladin, a rogue, and a ranger. And while that could use a strong uh, like casting class in that party balance, that's a pretty solid party balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. This show has come out two years after the premiere of both Xena and Braveheart. So it's mm-hmm. like... The first version it was is their like, love child. Yeah, the first version is like let's uh, let's make a Braveheart clone. And they're like, no, 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 you need something different. And then they went back and watched TV, and they're like, oh, there's you got so you got some Zena in my Braveheart. You got some Braveheart in my Zena. It tastes like Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah. Okay, hold on. I got I got to like save my Braveheart bitching for Go. the negatives. Yes, more positives. Okay. More positives. Um, it's just silly and. Fun. Like the main mm-hmm. evil wizard is the Roman soldier who killed Christ. Is that is that a trope? Is that like a part of yeah. lore anywhere? That's that's is that biblical? In, that's you, in shit well, everywhere. It's not. Okay. It's not strictly biblical, okay. but it's it's very early Christian like mythology. Yeah, mythology. Gotcha. In, the, the spear of destiny. That's in Constantine too. Uh, and okay. like, there's there's a like yeah it's called the spear of destiny and there has been many many like i think there's like two supernatural seasons about it yeah there was some at this point there was some medieval writing on that like roman centurion and the spear specifically john wayne played him in a movie in a in an easter movie john wayne stabbed jesus with the spear yeah but there is a lot of it's not in the bible but there is a lot of like early christian mythology about the spear and that one roman Typically, and, that Roman becomes a Christian Yeah, in, in hmm. mythology. In this, he became an evil wizard. <laughs> I like the evil wizard version better. That's yeah. much more exciting. Yeah, yeah I just, um, it was it was really, again, I'm asking this because I have no idea. Like, I this is the first time I'm coming across that kind of thing. And when I first heard it, I was like, is are they taking, like, are they going in a direction with this? And I was like, that's interesting. That's interesting. This person who's, like, cursed to walk life forever knowing that, they were this person that's that is fascinating to me i'm inferring from that also that this is meant to be set in like ad 30 or something like that yeah but um i mean also like according to the bible christ was already dead when the dude stabbed him that's why blood and water came out and uh, if you listen to apocrypals not milk that was paul but um in this i guess this wizard uh, stabbed Jesus and is like dealt the killing blow. Interesting, fun, mm-hmm. fun, fun. I think fun shenanigans. a lot of the mythology surrounding the Spear of Destiny has to do with like that being the thing that killed Jesus and not the crucifixion. Well, why is everybody but, fucking wearing crosses then and not spears? Look, this is this definitely like the whole Spear of Destiny thing definitely separated from biblical canon. Well, that's fair at yeah. some point. So like clearly that's not what that that's not what yeah. matters. Um more positives. We keep getting lost in the weeds by, <laughs> sure. by these 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 good, good so Roman much wizards. What's going on in this show? Right. <laughs> the pilot is just jam packed. When it comes um, to, when it comes to the cheese, like I, I agree. The lines are not good. They are not well written lines, but these these actors are just like selling them. And they are they are living in these lines and they are they are swimming I, in them, coming up for air barely at all. 
I, I love that Heath Ledger's the only one bothering to do an accent. Heath Ledger and his one buddy yeah. are, are like the character's buddy are with the enormous Fergus. handlebar mustache. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two even kind of sort of trying to do an accent. Right. Well, everyone and else everybody... just comes from all over. It's, it's a real melting pot in this cave community. Which, to be honest, is cool. I'm glad they did that. Like mm-hmm. I said, because they put, you know, okay, even in high fantasy, there's all of this like, no, well, it wasn't, we can't put POC in our shit because like black people weren't invented until, you know, the 1600s or whatever. Like, bullshit. Like, there was all kinds of traders from the Middle East all up in Europe. Like, the fucking Crusades were a thing that happened. Like, we, like Europe was all in contact with the Middle East and Northern Africa. And I know that the Crusades are much later than this. I'm just saying medieval fantasy and pre-medieval fantasy in general is all like, oh, we can put black people in there because we're trying to be historically accurate. Our dragons are historically accurate. But um, this is a, a show that is ostensibly historical and only a little bit fantasy. And, like, they put black people in their show. Come on now. Everyone else get on board with this. Mm-hmm. Um, For real. Fergus is great. Yeah, the whole just character of the barbarian is just, like, very no-nonsense and very, like, is certainly the leader of this group. And it's just like, do it. And Heath Ledger's like, I don't want to. And he's like, do you want to be a leader or not? And he's like, okay, I'll do it. And it's like, I don't think that's what leadership is. <laughs> I don't think that's exactly how it works. I'll ask my boss tomorrow, but I don't I don't think that's how this goes. The, the woman tribe leader from the second episode that Heath Ledger is like trying to recruit, and she's like, I don't want to follow you. While her costume is uh, fetishy, yeah, it's 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 a little sexist. I, I would go so far as to say, um, she is like a badass, and the fact that like dudes are just like straight up punching her in the face, and she's like punching them in the face, and there wasn't any sort of like genderedness to her fighting. Like she just fights like a badass. I thought was really fucking cool, and. Like, Star Trek The Next Generation got rid of Tasha Yar because they were uncomfortable with having, like, a female actress getting, like, beat up by Klingons. Like, they didn't want to show that. So they just killed her. Uh, And this show was like, no, this chick's gonna, like, get punched in the fucking face and then kick Heath Ledger through a door. And I was down for it. Uh, I like that. Like, I like it in general in this show. But, uh, like, I do kind of have mixed feelings about shorthand for this this woman is cool is when that she can beat a man at a manly thing like uh um, i didn't read it as that i just felt like it's a show about barbarians who fight and like her introduction is her holding her own in a fight no i i know what you're saying like i said i i don't have a problem with it in this show specifically but it did sort of send me on a mental tangent of like uh i wish that we could kind of uh, in media get away from this thing where like you know the the woman wins the drinking contest against a man and therefore she has proven herself by doing a manly thing she has transcended womaniness and now she is cool so yeah yeah but like i said in this show i didn't like specifically have a problem with it or any more of a problem with it than i would otherwise also, like, uh, Heath Ledger's party has a, a lady archer in it, which is also... They have, like, his... Uh, what's his sidekick's name? He's uh, got Fergus, who's the barbarian. No, then mm-hmm. he's got Tully, who's the rogue. And then uh, Caitlin is the ranger. Yeah, that one. Um, uh, Tully and Caitlin don't have as much personality as I would like. They seem to be there to just sort of fill the roster, and they aren't really. Doing... They're not quite characters yet. Yeah, they're not quite. They're not quite characters yet. Tully is a little bit more than Caitlyn. He at least like does a sly smile when he does a roguey thing, and it's like, oh, he's the rogue. Like, yeah, yeah, he makes a, a quippy comment every now and then, but um, Caitlyn hasn't said shit. I don't. Yeah, think. she hasn't said anything. Um, so they need to be developed a little bit more. But I, yeah. I do appreciate them being there. They're 
like their main characters, which is rad. Um, but yeah, they they we need a little bit more. We need a little bit more meat from them. It can't just be the the Connor and Fergus show, right? I was very almost disappointed in episode one where like they show us Diana and they show us that she's like this badass queen lady um, who like doesn't maybe to your point, Evan, isn't like, ah, she can fight. She can kill. She's like very much like will outsmart you with your wits kind of person or like Mm -hmm. just use power to, to her advantage. And I was like, oh, well, we're going to have to focus on this dude who she's banging. Like, it's always going to be like her through his eyes and stuff like that. And then she kills him. And I was like, hooray, Diana. This is yeah. this is good. Yeah, Diana becomes the main baddie, which is yeah. cool. Yeah, which is – but like almost like a, you know, just like one of those uh, difficult men or like, you know, a antihero kind of thing. She is just like kind of like amicable to them sometimes and kind of like awful to them other times. And it's I I like the dynamic there of like even at the end of the third episode where she gets shot in the arm and uh, Fergus is like, oh, don't worry, we'll get you patched up and then breaks the arrow out of her arm. He's like, if you live, that is. And she kind of like passes out and he's like, it's like, oh, I'm glad that these, you know, it's a real fun romp. Even even the even like they're the the people who want to subjugate them, oppress them and murder them is like, oh, we can all be friends right now. Right. We're at the Druid King coronation. The stakes are low. The stakes feel low sometimes. But do we want to talk negatives or any more positives? Um. I can't, this is this is not a real positive, but it's just it's something I found funny. There's the scene where they're dressed up as the uh, Roman guards and they're trying to leave out the gate, um, and like one of the slave masters from like earlier in the in the season walks in and like oh like recognizes them, and there's these really this really like intense music and dramatic zooms on their helmets, which have these big like penis nose like face cards so you can't really see any of Heath Ledger's face except for one eye hidden behind a big like metal shape of a penis and it's just like zoomed in on that and it kind of ruined the drama for me but gave me some giggles so I gave it a pass yeah those uh they're called nasals those thing on okay those things on the helmets and like they were I guess they were trying to like make it so it was plausible that they could like obscure someone's face, right. but they were comically large. Right, they were really ridiculous looking. Still, could not hide <laughs> Fergus's huge mustache though. That no. was that was almost on top of the metal was the mustache. It like bled through. <laughs> um. Yeah. We we can get into some some negatives. Sure. We've been kind of drifting that direction anyway. But yeah, I think we've made our point that like the show is good and fun. Yep. So, can um, get into it. So, Braveheart. Yeah. Uh, the first episode is trying to establish, uh, like, Galen's right to, or not Galen, what's his name? Fuck, Connor. Connor. Connor's right to, like, rule over the, the tribes. Like, that's the point of the pilot, like, thematically, is that Connor is now, like, the destined ruler. But, like, my God, do they not focus on that in the pilot, right. even though that's the thematic arc. Like, they give him a, a, a family and a brother who is actually the rightful ruler, and then they tragically kill his family and tragically kill his brother, and then they tragically kill his his girlfriend. Just, just because. And, like, yeah, like, they didn't have to kill her. She didn't even need to exist. She adds nothing except for, like, more man pain. Even though he already had man pain from his... Literally his entire family being His entire village, yeah, getting fucking wiped out. And it, like, just trods on through, like, this weird man pain establishment. And, like, in Braveheart, they kill Mel Gibson's wife. Which is why he goes ham on uh, the British. And so I literally think they were like, oh, well, they killed Mel Gibson's wife, so we gotta kill... Connor's girlfriend, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, literally, I feel like a writer said that. Because um, it just feels so forced. And it takes up, I don't know, a good 
a good chunk of screen time that they just didn't need to have. Yeah, and it's like Carrie Russell is a phenomenal actress, and like I saw her name come up in the early credits, and I was like, oh, okay, it says Heath Ledger and Carrie Russell. Like, this is like a really you know this this has some star power to it. This is a while ago before Felicity, before uh, you know the Americans. It's on now, and and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and all, but like. It's like there's got some and like immediately like like there's nothing more than just like I'm an object, I love you, I'm an object, I'm dead, and now you have man pain. Like it was just like ah. Also, I can only recall two scenes that she's actually in: the scene where she's banging Heath Ledger, and then the scene where she dies. Yep. Also, they have not mentioned her in episodes two or three. No. Yeah. So like, even as shitty as it was for like his family to die to add the dead girlfriend on top of that is just it's bad lazy lazy writing and it yeah. has not actually progressed the story at all because they didn't earn it like they didn't yeah. i don't feel like they earned that they didn't really earn they certainly didn't earn killing his entire family five minutes into the first episode like that's my big problem is that that episode feels like it's like an episode nine of game of thrones or like a season finale like that feels like a big deal that all that happened but i don't really care that much because i don't know who any of these people are i know this good sorry no you you finish i know who connor is because of that first scene i know who fergus is a little bit because of that first scene but I, i it just the only people that i really know about are connor fergus and kind of and then all the bad people like all the like the romans and and diana and and the dude roman and longinus the the centurion wizard like we learned so much in episode one and two about the bad people and why they're doing things and it wasn't until episode three where i was like oh okay there's a lot of different tribes in this part of the the world and and they're trying to band it wasn't until then that i was like oh i kind of i kind of see what this show is trying to do because it's just like we're, we're focusing so much on these bad people we're not learning anything about the protagonists and this cool party that we're supposed to be into within the span of 24 hours uh connor rescues a young woman from slavery and from like being assaulted Goes and, like, gets a wedding present, I think, for his brother or some shit. Then goes to the wedding. Gets knocked... Or leaves to fuck he his girlfriend. He leaves to bang his girlfriend, yeah. Comes back. His family's been entirely murdered. He finds Fergus. Fergus takes him to, uh, like, a secret druid cave to, like, become a resistance leader. He rejects that. Goes on a vengeance quest. Or, or goes to see his girlfriend again. She gets murdered. He goes back to the druid cave, goes on a vengeance quest, kills the dude who killed his girlfriend. And yeah, all his the, his whole revenge thing gets resolved in episode one. In his yeah, uh, accepts the roar, which is like a druid destiny power, screams at a off a cliff, and like a bunch of tribes come to like follow him, like three or four tribes, and that is the like. The first episode. Mind you, all the weird bad guy shit is happening too. So, like, Diana is having sex in a mud bath. Yeah, that was weird. And um, It could have just been a regular bath. It didn't have to be weird. <laughs> like, it could have just been regular water. Like, why is she, like, wallowing around in this strange... Don't kink like, shame her. Uh, okay. Some people like mud. Okay. She clearly liked mud. Yeah. The guy um, popped... The, the, or I didn't see if it, was, if it was a man or a woman, but that person popped their head up. And she said, Oop, missed a spot and shoved his her his face back down into like her per, like potentially just muddy crotch. And yeah, that not can... potentially. She was still in the mud. That's very yeah. true. That's very yeah. true. Um All the stuff is established with uh the Longinus, is that the evil wizard? Yep. Longinus and Jesus and shit. So, like, episode one is just a slog to get through. That's my big negative. It's just episode one, so much is happening, and they could have cut out easily half of it. Mm-hmm. Easily they could have cut half all of that. All of the girlfriend shit could have been dumped. Um, like Most of the family shit, too. Like, we barely see his dad. We barely see his brother. Like, they're right. wiped immediately. If you just If you just have him 
premiere as I'm an orphan. Here's Fergus, who was like my family's champion, who is like destined to protect me, and then move from there. It yeah. would have been Fine. the same. Yeah, yeah. You you could have had him like the first scene was him like waking up in like burned wreckage or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that would have mm-hmm. explained the whole thing better. And but... would have saved twenty minutes. Yeah. Give me some dream sequences. Give me some of that like light, like you know. The the uh what is it, the exposition the ending pending loves so so much of just like heavy handed <laughs> dreams that's way better than like we're having a wedding everything's great could you be happier than us immediate fire death well I I don't want to like compare this to the cinematic masterpiece that is Mad Max Fury Road sure but like there's no unnecessary exposition in that movie like. You yeah. know, you get who Max is immediately, even if you've never seen a Mad Max movie. Yeah. They tell you exactly what you need to know through context and nothing else. Yeah. So. Uh, the, the the pilot's just unnecessary. Yeah. Um, that, that, was a little bit, that was a little bit unfair because Mad Max Fury Road is a masterpiece well, of yeah. cinema. But. I'll, I'll say this. I don't even know if they aired the pilot. I'm assuming with like back in the 90s it was pretty common to make a pilot give it to the network and get approved and then whatever you make for episode two was typically the first episode and you see that in episode two they just immediately establish him getting kicked through the door and it's the fight with the other tribal leader about like hey i want you to join our resistance and she's like i don't want to follow you and so like right there you figure out who connor is and what the drama is with like the tribes and the resistance and whatever yeah, it does so, feel that way. Episode two was almost a soft reboot because they like reminded you kind of of what had happened and like they did that with Firefly too. They didn't air the pilot; they aired Train Job, which was episode two, and they establish everything again with the characters in in Train Job. In in the same scene I was talking about earlier with the big old helmet penises, um, <laughs> they talk about how oh the only way they can open up the gate is if they tell them in latin to open the gate up and everyone's kind of like oh do you know latin do you know latin they ask tully do you know latin and tully says do i look like i know latin which i can't decide is like if it's like self-aware of like does this black person look like they know latin or if it's or if it's like slightly racist like i don't put this show on uh, in 1997 to have like the you know, wherewithal to understand what that means in that time period. But it was just like, it was just like a very weird, like, like almost like a, what you talking about Willis kind of thing of just like, what do you, like to give that sass to that character and like in such a way, I, I think know. they were trying to do that as like a, a sort of character establishing thing. Just like, cause he's kind of like quippy. Like he kind right. of answers sarcastically a lot. Right. So like they're, there may have been, like, as far as the writers, there may have been a little bit of something racial there, but um, I, I don't think it was malicious. No, that was, uh, well, that was I mean, kind of a throwaway line. Malicious or not, I never. It, it, it was just like something that was like, uh, it's. I guess it stuck out because there was so like like we talked about they they generally do an okay job handling this. So like, it was just like, is this good? Did you do it good? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they were thinking about it, honestly. I think it was, like you said, it was just kind of, like, thrown away. Um, yeah. I will know? say I appreciate them, like, trying and maybe not doing 100% rather than using the excuse of, like, well, it's difficult to do minority car- characters, so we're not going to do it. Like, I I hate when people are like, oh, well, like, I don't want to do a queer character because I might not get it 100% right, so I'm not going to try. Sure. And, um... You know, they could have easily said, well, you know, it's a medieval fantasy show, so it'd be difficult to do a black character, so we're not going to try. And they might not get it 100% right, and I don't know if it's my place as a white person to say, you know, okay, but I I, I do think that they gave it their best, and so often in fantasy, you just don't see people try to do people of color. So Mm -hmm. um, I hope they do a great job, though. Uh, so far, we haven't really seen enough of Tully. I feel like to say whether or not they've they've done good or done bad. But yeah, um, wh- I, I'm wondering what 
um, Heath Ledger's workout regiment was after <laughs> Roar, because um, Roar is 1997, and 10 Things I Hate About You comes out in 1999, which, like, what we all talked about last time exactly happened of, like, Heath Ledger became a, a crazy good actor and started doing movies, and that's probably why the show didn't take off. But uh, Heath Ledger's ripped in 10 Things I Hate About You. And as much as he's supposed to be, like, the great king of the of, of the Celts, he doesn't look like he's, you know, really got that much brawn here. He's only 18. I yeah, he's guess. He, he's in high school. I guess. I was working out in high school. I mean, so was I, but I didn't look like that. That's true. I don't know. It's just like, and like we're every time there's like a mention of Tully, it's like a mention that Tully's like small and like you know can really get around, and like he's he, they're always like hanging him over buildings to see stuff, and like he's about the same size as Heath Ledger. He, <laughs> like, he is, yeah. He's pretty muscular. He's a little shorter, mm-hmm, but he's mm-hmm. he's not he's not a, a a tiny scrawny little dude. No, no. I when Heath Ledger was in the the Druid robes, I was like, that's like the. The bulkiest I feel like you've ever looked. Like I, I don't, uh, I don't know that the what's under those is really, uh, you know, demonstrating or or, or uh, vocalizing uh, great king of the Celts, which which you know could be something they play off of. I just don't feel like they they go in that direction. Um, all right, so that that uh, I think that wraps us up on the first three episodes of Heath Ledger's Roar. Um. Do we all want to? Do we want all want to give like our best Heath Ledger on on a cliffside roar to like finish off the? I already did mine at the beginning. All right, Andy, Andy, it's to you. Okay, wow, my okay, neighbors... you didn't have to do it at full volume because you freaked our poor baby cat out. Axel's okay. I'm he sorry, got Axel. so scared. Oh, I was a little scared. Okay. My, I, I didn't my know na- what I was supposed to do. Uh, no, that that works. That, that, <laughs> that uh, I, my neighbors are like right there, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> that's my, that's my good good Heath Ledger. Wow, wall. I look like a dick. No, I, you don't have neighbors sharing a wall with you. Nope. Just kitties. Just our poor, sad, scared, frightened child. I think they'll be fine. Come here, come here, Axel. I He's wouldn't worry about you. it. He's so I, uh, sad. You know who else is sad? Uh, us, because you guys aren't doing iTunes reviews. I know we already said it at the beginning of the episode, but now we're saying it again. Make sure you uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Good segue, Ronnie. Big smooth, deal. Smooth. Big deal. Big deal for us if you want us to make more episodes. Yeah, see, you know how we had a lapse now? Yeah, that was because we ran out of yeah. attention attention energy from your your positive reviews. Right, right. Mm-hmm. We are we are nothing more than motor vehicles that run off the sweet sweet fluid fluid gasoline. <laughs> Gasoline's a fluid, I guess. The sweet sweet energy gasoline fluid. fluid of your of your reviews. <laughs> fill fill me up. Fill me up with your good five-star reviews. That was weird. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, now that you made it, now that you made it weird, you better not edit that out. No, yeah. no, I, I, no, that'll probably stay in, especially now that we've talked about it. Um, anything that we want to plug? Any cool things? Lost Colonies, come, come check us out. Our LARP went really well, and we're going to be doing more dope ass content. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big final boss was a giant jellyfish that glowed Ooh. in the dark, and it was horrifying. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. The whole the whole awesome. uh, encounter happened underwater, so the PCs had to move real slow, and there were sharks, and there were giant crabs, and so y'all an eel. y'all y'all were NPCs. Yeah, so we're storytellers, so we both play uh, like recurring NPCs to help like move the plot along, and then we also play a bunch of the baddies. Interesting. Love yep. it. Love it. Check that out. Lost Colonies. Lost Colonies on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, or yeah. lostcolonieslarp.com. Great. Great, great, great. Um, I want to plug uh, another podcast that is very good and new. Uh, the Good Boy Girls. Yeah. Um, they are terrific. 
they are cataloging all of the McElroy content and going through it and talking about their experiences with it and when they first encountered it, what it's meant to them. And uh, they've had some really, really hilarious and also very like heartfelt episodes. And uh, if there's one thing that we enjoy, it's podcasts that are not by the McElroys, but are very much about the McElroys. <laughs> it's, um, there's something very strange about modern society in that mm-hmm, like we have mm-hmm. a, a podcast that got popular and then we have a podcast about that podcast. Yep. Like, yep. yeah. I, um, I had them go to the fantasy Starbucks on Twitter and uh, they responded to me and it Hooray. was lovely. We should all follow the Fantasy Starbucks on Twitter. Andy, what's what's that new handle for that Fantasy Starbucks? It is uh, Fantasy Coffee S1 uh, for Fantasy Coffee Shop. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to put the word Starbucks in it because I don't want to get fired for a yeah. reason. So. Yeah, I was going to say you don't want to get sued, but you were actually far closer to that corporation than yeah. anyone else. So They're like a Voldemort to Harry in movie yeah. four. Like, they can touch me now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yes. So uh, follow along with Andy. They're posting uh, all kinds of great tweets and, and doing some crossovers with other fantasy uh, products I saw. Yeah. Very yeah, cool, very fun. So yeah, follow the good boy girls. Follow uh, Fantasy Coffee S One on Twitter. So uh, we are back on schedule. Expect new episodes weekly for a while. We took our we took our break, and we're we're glad that you hung with us. Uh, follow us on Twitter as always at Pending Pod on uh, Facebook at Pending Pod. Uh, send us emails pendingpod at gmail.com love to hear from y'all yeah yeah feed us attention feed us that attention feed us that attention gasoline fluid so until next time uh feed the badgers in your closets that's the one we love you bye